Welcome to this month's edition of Pulp Nonfiction, the paper and packaging podcast. I'm Greg Johnson with Sustana Fiber, and I'm here once again with my co-host, Dr. Marta Pazos. So, Marta, Happy New Year. Although the years may seem to come and go, certain things like good manners never seem to go out of style. And despite technological advances over the years from the telegraph to texting, nothing beats putting ink on paper when it comes to conveying heartfelt emotions like faith, hope, and love, right? Happy New Year, Greg. I don't know about you, but 2022 is going to be an amazing year, an amazing year for a lot of different things. But I got to say that uh, I was a little sad and not having gotten a lot of these, uh, the, the, the paper uh, Christmas cards in the mail. You know, those ones that have just a little bit of glitter, maybe a Santa, and just like a simple Merry Christmas inside. Everything seems to come electronically these days. We're losing that connection to our paper. But I got to tell you, yesterday, a friend of mine that I recently saw when I went to visit the Northeast, um, he sent me a card in the mail and it's actually made of recycled paper, which made me even like it more. I was so excited, just like open it and, and, and we got to bring cards back. People bring cards back. Hashtag at the beginning. <laughs> exactly. Marta. And what better way to explore the subject of paper and its social impact than with our guest today, Sheree Berry the founder, CEO, and creative director of Cherie Berry Paper and Design. Cherie's St. Louis-based graphic design and brand communications firm does exceptional design and marketing messaging for a number of high-profile companies, organizations, and celebrities, including Matt Damon, Dylan's Candy Bar, the NFL, Tina Fey, Martha Stewart, the Boston Red Sox, Kate Spade, and Target. Cherie, it's great to see you again. We're grateful for your time today, and thank you for visiting with us. Thank you, Greg and Marta, for having me today on Pulp Nonfiction. I'm excited to be here. Hi, Cherie. It's such a pleasure to have you here with us today. Uh, as Greg mentioned, you have uh, collaborated in the very is striking and unique branding and vision of very uh, loved brands, right? Some of them actually are very loved by myself. Tell us a little bit about that creative process of like, how does a person become an expert in your field? What is, what is like your, what's your very unique field? How would you describe it? And how did you become that? Yeah, we, we, we are a little bit of a, of a niche here as in the graphic design um industry. So basically we are visual identifiers. So we are, we are helping people visually communicate the milestones that they are celebrating in life. So whether or not that is a couple who is getting married and they need an amazing monogram or mark all the way to invitations to all the gorgeous paper that you see at an event um, to a nonprofit who is fundraising and needs um, everybody to commit to this one particular event to come to um, to their their night out, um, helping them with all the communication in a very visually stimulating, um, compelling way. Um, that's in a nutshell what we do. So Cherie, 
What's the first thought that comes to your mind when somebody mentions the word sustainability? I know you've always been interested in recycled papers, um, environmental papers, but when someone mentions that word sustainability, what pops into your brain? First thing is being responsible. I mean, I really think that that it's almost odd sometimes when that question isn't being asked. Um, so I think it's great that people are being curious about um, the final product and what 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 that's made out of. So we appreciate that question and and, and do our best to educate our clients um, based on their needs of, of what would be the best um, compatible um material for them if it is a print-based project. Um, it just feels like a no-brainer now to be asking those questions and, um, you know, the right thing to do. Very good. Very good. And do you, as, a, as kind of a follow-up question, do you see your clients as, as the years have rolled on getting a little more sensitive, if you will, to the environment and, and thinking, hey, you know, maybe with this invitation, we could send it in a recycled envelope or or the announcement itself maybe could have some post-consumer waste in it. Do you sometimes get into mm -hmm. those specifics depending yeah. on the client? Yeah, I think where we are right now is I think, you know, that a lot of the questions that people are asking are, should I do print or should I do digital? And what I think you're alluding to is there is an in-between, right? So I think that we are trying to help our clients understand that it's not one way or the other, that you can still be um, very environmentally mindful and, and, and still go print, right? So, um, and, and, and some suppliers have, you know, um, are, are much more eco than others. And it really just depends on where people fall in the spectrum and how important it is to them and really what is it that they are celebrating. Is it a, a little backyard barbecue or is it a 75th wedding anniversary, right? different sort of sure. um, maybe needs for based on what it is that you are um, communicating. Sure, sure. That makes total sense. That uh, I, I totally get that. And I know I, I think too, um, a lot of people today um, are, are, in addition to being more sensitive about that, I think they're much more receptive when they do see things in the mail, whether it's a catalog direct mail, you know, they might look at the back and they're flipping through it and they do see that recycled logo on there or that recyclable logo printed on the back of the catalog or the postcard that I think makes them think and increases that environmental awareness. Right, right. I, I agree. I do think that, that people are being mindful of why, why would they, why would, you know, Grandin Road send this to me, but if they see that it's you know, that they were smart about how they produced it. And then, oh, well, let me look in this catalog. You know, there is there is something so tangible. I mean, a lot of my Black Friday sales were based on what catalog showed up and there was a coupon code in the back. And that definitely um, got my attention more than the 85 Black Friday emails in my inbox, right? So I think <laughs> sure. there is a... <laughs> a balance, you know, not to say we need a restoration hardware catalog again. It's like the, you know, the, the size of a, of a, you know, yellow pages. But I think that there is, there is that enticing tangible thing that comes as long as it's done, um, produced, you know, and mindful in terms of, um, again, how they, what inks and what papers they're printing it on that allows them to have better results than just going digital. Yeah. Kind of a, kind of a, a happy media mix, if yeah. you will between print and exactly so I, i've seen some of your work and i admire your arts capabilities uh as a person who is a scientist you know like 
obviously the, the the writings on the wall here like we are the opposite on the opposite spectrum although i i like to think that a lot of science is very creative but uh tell us what 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 takes for shari to listen to a client hear their vision and translate this into this striking visual that is going to resonate with you every time that you look at it what do you do i mean it sounds so difficult to me i mean we have a very specific process we have we ask a lot of probing questions it's not just about like what's your color palette or you know what is your um, you know wedding dress look like, or um, you know those surface questions. We get pretty deep into questions to our clients because we want the um, the end result to be as personalized as possible. Really, we are we are nothing we do is template driven. People are not coming to us because they want something exactly that they've seen us do for somebody else. They want the feeling of that created for them. Um, so it's a lot of questions, a lot of getting to know. Um, you know, our clients, because sometimes it's those side conversations that are even more helpful than the, um, you know, the questions on paper. Um, and then, you know, we try to work as nimble as possible. A lot of people in the world are visuals. So as many mood boards and sketches that we can get in front of people um, will help them weed out anything that doesn't feel like is ultimately um, going to be a good solution for how their vision um, can come to life. What happens when somebody is like, well, yeah, this is kind of my vision, but I like what, how do you translate those nuances? What do you have like a very visual type of brain? Do you, do you, I don't know, scrap on a book, something like that, <laughs> something like more material into what that takes. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, just experience of doing this so long, understanding what questions um, work for people and what what don't, um, you know, asking what people don't like is just as important of asking what people do like. We have found that that's definitely um, ruling things out is always um, is always good. And like I said, with people being so visual after we ask those questions, then we can um, put some visuals in front of them so they can react to that. Um, so it's kind of a combination of, you know, questionnaires. They've got to do some homework for us. We can't, you know, get to know someone that deep the very first 30 minute Zoom call. Um, so it is, there is a very specific process from sort of introduction to sort of final presentation um, that we continue to, to improve upon, of course, but it's a pretty sound, procedure, which is kind of exciting. It's come with a lot of hard work and some, some, you know, um, some misses of course. Um, but, uh, it's, it's really, uh, sort of a proprietary process that we are really proud about how we are able to present something to someone and kind of see tears come out of their eyes because they're so excited that we figured, figured out, um, really what was inside, how we were able to put that on paper or, on a digital um, device to whatever the media might be. Cherie, I know you're you're well aware of uh, Sustana Fiber and our recycled pulp that goes into everything in paper products from paper cups and carry out containers to bags and even recyclable microwavable sleeves. And I know you've seen some of our fine papers from our sister mill, Roland, up in Canada, but what do you see in, in terms of um, your crystal ball for the social stationary space um, in terms of sustainability in the future? 
At first, I would say I hope my my, my crystal ball would, would tell me that people are going to continue, um, you know, many years from now, still engaging in social stationery. And I think that all stems from, you know, parenting and making sure that um, etiquette is still um, in place when it needs to be. Um, but I think that there is definitely a sustainable system that could be um, that could work. I mean, it, I, it may not be too far off to think about it almost like the farm to table movement where there might be a way where, you know, sourcing trees that could create this an excellent product that could somehow, you know, close the loop on the paper production uh, by recycling the pulp through Sustaina and be able to, um, you know, have this cool system of, of, of just within the social stationary arena, perhaps. Um, but I think that obviously means that we have to have enough people you know, using social stationery to make that um, worthwhile. But I think that's kind of a cool, that would be a cool thing to see in my crystal ball. Sure, sure. Well, I like, I like your vision, your crystal ball's <laughs> vision. That's great. And that actually, like, brings me to a, a, another, what I believe is a pretty good point, which is, uh, so you actually have clients both in, like, a corporate space as well as what we would call more like an individual, right? And, and I have seen myself as a consultant that more and more of my clients are asking me for what would be a more natural solution or what would be a botanical or less impacting to the environment. And, and this goes for, you know, every place where I have dabbed my knowledge, everything from skincare all the way to the military. How, how do you see that happening like how much more have you seen in the past couple of decades i believe that that's probably where the onset was um that your clients are requesting more and more environmentally friendly options for for your events for your marketing for your visuals all all of that i would say it's kind of based on the client and um the 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 the, uh, the project for instance a client who's getting married is going to be less focused on that because it's, we hope a one-time deal. They're going to do this one time and it's going to be um, for posterity and formality. And they want it to be, you know, a mega thick piece of paper, lots of maybe foil stamping. And um, maybe we glue velvet to the back of it, whatever that might be. Those clientele, that type of clientele is a little less worried about it because it's not an everyday endeavor, right? But um, our corporate clients, our nonprofits are definitely asking a lot of questions in that space. Um, and I'm glad because I would say, you know, five, six, seven years ago, there was a bit of an era for us that like people were not doing business cards anymore. They weren't doing letterheads. They're like, this is just, this is wasteful. We just would rather not do any of it. So we're just going to erase it all. And we're going to do everything digital. And I'm glad that there it's coming back in a smart way, that there is a way that we can still have beautiful business cards to pass out at trade shows, or we can um, be able to write a note to people on paper if it's done, um, you know, on the right substrate um, with, you know, all those right sort of attributes. So, you know, I would say our, our, our nonprofit and our, and our corporate clients in that arena are definitely wanting to make sure they're being smart about what they're using on an everyday basis, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to follow up with this question because I can't hold it to myself. Are they willing to pay a little bit more for those more environmentally friendly solutions? Yeah, I would say the people that are really, that's really important to them, they know there's a price tag associated with that. 
um, and they and they are. Um, but um, it, it's not 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 everybody, but they the ones that are really that's the, maybe if you you rank the priorities right when we ask when we ask our clients to rank priorities of. Um, you know, sustainability or, um, you know, does, you know, typography or um, illustration assets, whatever those things might be, the people that with sustainability is number one, that they know that that's, they're going to be putting money towards, to, towards it to make that happen. And is it common to have a specific request, such as I want these on paper, I want this type of inks, I don't want glues. Is there any specific requirements that you're seeing? Um, from our vendors or from our clients? From, from your clients, when they are asking for no. a sustainable option. No, they're not. They're not too challenging. Um, you know, we do for certain clientele. We do give them the. You know, we make sure they understand what paper, uh, what inks we're using. Um, but I would say most of our clients are trusting us, so um, it's not. It's not a. It's not an everyday question. I would say it's a biweekly question we might get. Uh, as a follow-up um, to, to Marta's question and your comment, Cherie, um, I know most of us are constantly inundated with electronic communications, yet you say that a lot of your clients do appreciate the old-fashioned look of paper. Do you ever have to persuade some clients to switch from, say, an Evite to a paper invitation because of the fact that you believe that they'll be able to target um, their market better and, and achieve uh, a higher rate of return or a fundraising level or a response rate? Yeah. Um, I mean, first and foremost, we started with the paper medium. So we're always going to be prefer the paper medium over digital, but we also um, know that there's a time and a place for digital correspondence. So we, we sort of have a decision tree for people that are not really sure sort of based on, um, the communication they're doing, what might be, what we might suggest, um, how to disseminate that that communication. Um, for instance, you know, a bridal shower. Um, we, we might say that would be something good to do. A pretty gorgeous, you know, a, a very nice digital communication. Um, but for a rehearsal dinner, the formality and the and the and the again, I keep talking about the formality and the posterity behind that piece should be done um, in print. So um, I would say there are times more now that people are wanting to go digital that we are trying to keep, we are trying to um, persuade them to go print. It's not usually the other way around anymore, but um, I'm really excited to say that print is really hanging in there. I mean, I, there was there was a time a few years ago that I was afraid that wedding invitations were all going to be sent via paperless post or something. Um, and that we're not seeing that at all. Um, we are seeing um, just more with the sort of the lag time with the USPS deliveries is, you know, um, response cards like, you, you know, this 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 communication like a like a tennis ball back and forth is not happening through snail mail because of just there isn't the time um, or the efficiencies behind it, but being able to send a beautifully packaged invitation with, um, you know, even a care package. I mean, especially during quarantine, um, we went from a lot of two-dimensional in an envelope uh, mailers to three-dimensional so that we could stay in touch with people and send something through their door with, um, especially the nonprofits who are doing these virtual galas wanted to have this amazing 
um, packet, this programming delivered to your couch, basically with, you know, a cocktail kit and some cookies and some, a little giftable item, you know? So I think, but they're not asking for return the same way. So I think it's become more commonplace now that they're, it stops you in your tracks to receive something gorgeous delivered to your door that's print and tangible and feels special. But then the ask back is not to go pull out your social stationery from your drawer and write back. I, it's with my pleasure to accept your response. Like that, you know, that is expired, you know, and that makes sense. And so then there are websites or emails or things set up to communicate on a more nimble, efficient, you know, standpoint. Um, Interesting. Well, hey, on a related note too, Cherie, I know you mentioned 3D um, and I know a couple of years ago you produced a really fascinating pop-up book. Um, could, could you tell our audience just a little bit about that? And and are you thinking of maybe using that type of um, uh, creativity to perhaps branch out into 3D announcements and invitations? Yes, my my paper engineering skills from like I guess two thousand are still serving me well. Yeah, I wrote and designed a um, pop up book on the history of the brazier, and uh, it was a decade by decade look at the evolution of the bra and how it was really sort of a symbol for what women stood for um, since its birth in nineteen thirteen. But um, yeah, I mean, we really we're really where where our space is in the print world is really it's not just a five by seven card in an envelope that's that that gets sandwiched between bills and other things that it, it may come in the form of an envelope but that experience it's all about how you engage with a piece again whether it's for a social event it's for a nonprofit it's for you know something else in between is that something could pop out of an envelope or there could be little, little peekaboo windows, or there are these fun things that really make it feel like, wow, I can't experience that with digital. So that was so cool. And how could I say no to this event? Because that's amazing. So, you know, never being trying to be too ostentatious or over the top, but still having that, like that moment of that was so different. And so I think, always playing with paper and folding and doing things like that are still things that we put to practice at Shreeberry Paper. That's fantastic. I am, you know, I am, I'm so delighted hearing this conversation. Uh, first, uh, Shari, I, I'm loving your, your passion that you're, when you're talking about, a, you know, something that may sound as simple as opening a book, but it has nothing simple of simplicity to it, right? It is, it is that experience. Yeah. It is like that whole consumer experience that I think that we are losing along the way. And I am thinking, my mind keeps going to Asia, where in Japan, the the, the packaging of a gift is, is even more important than the actual gift, right? Because it is like the whole ceremony of, of, of opening that up. And I'm one of those that absolutely loves to get home and, you know, and unfold something. And let me, yeah. let me tell you guys a little piece of... Um, information that I recently heard on one of my one of one of the the many podcasts that I listen to which is that sending an email or receiving an email for that matter it is not as environmentally friendly as people think and and this keeps bringing me to just because you can't see it doesn't mean it can't hurt you right and and in the 
in, in the sustainable, in, in Greg, you know that I don't necessarily like that word, but in like an environmentally friendlier uh, pathway, right? We're going to have to realize that it's not just the trash that we can see. It's just not just the, pl the plastic. It's also what kind of emissions, where is this coming from? Uh, what kind of energy this is costing? And in fact, if I don't send like thank you emails anymore, like, you know, those like received or thank you is because I heard this. So note, Greg, that's 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 a true reason. Uh, but also, let me give you another little piece of uh, information that I recently found out. So David Meyer, who is a professor of psychology at the University of Michigan, recently reported that um it being all of what I call it all over the place, which, you know, we found a fancier work for it, which is multitasking, it is 40% inefficient. So it really, like what you do at that time, like count that only 60% or below is actually going to be worth the effort, right? And I feel that, and, and in talking to a lot of people, I feel, I, I believe that a lot of people feel the same way, that this whole electronic all electronic is is actually taking us more towards that uh being all over the place right lack of focus yeah. what's your take on that and 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 what can paper do to 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 reverse that i'm actually a doodler you know i'm one of those that when i'm on the phone yeah, i need to do no, it so, great yeah no i love that question i mean oh my gosh um i don't even know where to begin i mean first of all as a as a parent, you know, I think one thing that I'm, I'm not enjoying seeing, you know, out of the classroom is there's a lot of a lot of the homework is being asked to be done on iPads or computers. And as a parent, it's really stressful to know that they're like staring at this device and you don't know the toggling that might be happening to quickly, you know, find the answer or, you know, you can, of course, as parents, we can sort of disable certain things, but it's also just keeping up with that making sure the noise is closed down at all time and not seeing my kids sit at the breakfast table and have a worksheet with a pencil, a number two pencil and write the answer, be able to check it. No, they're only present at that moment with that worksheet is a really stressful thing for, for parents because you just know that there's just so much distraction that's happening that you, that you can't always be monitoring all the time. And if you do are, it's a full-time job. Um, but yes, I mean, I think too, as just as designers, so many of those discoveries you mentioned, your doodler happen when you're just in the, you know, you're in the, you know, the um, the bind of the of the the spiral of the notebook where you're doing things that you see things that are not, and it just allows you to be so much more present when you are just a pen and a paper, as opposed to oh. I should check my text or, oh, I need to go on and look at this or, you know, Cyber Monday yesterday. Let me go check it. Like all those things that like are happening that if you just isolate yourself to a pencil and a paper, you're just, you are just so much more efficient. And, you know, even with a to-do list, it feels so, it feels so fulfilling to cross things off your list on a piece of paper oh, yeah. that you just can't get with. On, on any other on a, on a device you just touched my heart with that one I love to cross things on a paper right and I am still one of those that oh, whenever God. I need to read something with a certain level of concentration focus and detail I'm gonna print it out and if anybody tells me that that is 
you know, a worse option than reading off the computer. I like to rebut that by saying, hey, how about the power that you're using when you are on your computer? And I guarantee you too, that yeah. it's going to take you much longer because of what you said, right? Yeah, yeah. We actually have this exercise at the office when we get revisions requested from the client. Um, when when designers have done those revisions, just eyeballing that they got them all from the email versus if they print out the email and they cross them all out, 10 times out of 10, you get them all when you print it out and you strike it versus just eyeballing it because you just, I guess our eyes just trained to like just skim things on our screens. So it's interesting. Yeah, I love those thoughts. And Cherie, on a related note, um, what do you do from a personal as well as a professional standpoint uh, in your day-to-day living to be as sustainable as you can be, not only for yourself, but for your company, for your family, friends? See, well, professionally, you know, obviously we're all, you know, recycling and we we do try to limit as much paper printing, uh, you know, at the office as possible, just if it's not necessary. At a minimum, sure. double-sided. Um, when we do our um, design kickoffs, we we cast things on our monitor that's mounted to the wall, so that not everything we do has to be printed. Because we do know we do so much of that as the end result that we need to be smart about the journey getting there and how much is printed on that sort of on that sort of you know the the, the design sketch sort of um, re- dress rehearsal phase. Um, and then at home with my kids, I mean, yeah, I'm just constantly, you know, after they eat their yogurt, it's like, clean that out, go stick in the recycling. You know, so many times I open up the trash can and there's something there that's sitting in the top of the trash can. And we have to have those conversations, um, just starting them young to realize that um, sure. all those little things, those one percents, you know, add up. So um, it is definitely a conversation that that follows me at home and at work because it's as it should everybody. Yeah, I mean, that's a way that's a way to do it, right? We all have to do it. So everybody does it. Otherwise, it's you can't. I believe always that you that it's not good to put the responsibility over to somebody else that may have a little more impact or some, you know, something or somebody else. Right. Just because it's a big corporation, it starts with you, because after all, corporations are made of people, too. Right. Um, Yeah. And speaking of corporations or lack thereof, so I'm actually also an entrepreneur and I love to hear more about how you started, what what um, kicked you to be the entrepreneur that you are today and a really good one too, very successful. Well, thank you. Well, yeah, it really, I mean, it really started with my love of paper. I, I love nothing more as a child than going to the Hallmark store and looking at all the greeting cards up, I would just walk up and down the aisle and I could be, I could be there for hours. Um, I preferred that more than any, any other activity with friends. It was just, there was something so, the discoveries and the surprises that you would find in the copywriting or the, um, you know, the, the, the little bells and whistles and the, and the humor or this, or the emotion that you would get with that. So it's really started really young of loving the communication. I also, my mom was really good about making my sisters and I write um, thank you cards for anything. Um, so it just became like a, you know, it just was, I had to do it. It wasn't optional. Um, so I think that has been, um, has been great. So that's how I really kind of got into this niche of, you know, social stationary 
um, custom invitations because of that specific love um, and then went to school for um, graphic design. So all of that kind of came together as a perfect storm. But, uh, but before I did start my own business, I, did, I was a designer at Kate Spade um, and I got really lucky to be at a place so magical as Kate Spade where I was working on her very small stationary line um, that allowed me to open up the world to like, oh my gosh, I could maybe get paid for doing this. This is not, doesn't just happen to be a, have to be a hobby. Like that was such a luxury. And then, um, then, then ended up moving back to St. Louis, Missouri, where I'm from and decided just to have a go at it. Yeah. yeah I love that you describe Kate Spade as a magic, uh, as a magical place. Cause that's exactly the way that I imagine it. Cause the, the, it always resonates. Alice in Wonderland always comes to my head when I think of Kate Spade. Yeah. Right. So, which is probably really what she is. got a lot of her inspiration for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would really credit Kate Spade, her husband Andy Spade, for um, really being the pioneers in the, in the lifestyle world. You know, it really was not just about a product, but it was about this like you wanted to be a part of this 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 little magical Alice in Wonderland. I think is what you said. World that it felt like you wanted all of it. You did. You wanted you wanted the handbag to match your stationery to go with your pajamas, and, and not all matchy, but it was all felt like the same vibe. So that's kind of what, you know, we have similar, you know, we're not expanding into all these other um, licensing brands in the same way that Kate Spade has, but there is a world in which we want you to enter here and feel like even though we're executing your vision, um, there's a feeling about it that feels part of the process and the end result that feels really special. Something whimsical. Yes. Yes. We do love that word. I do love that. <laughs> That's a great descriptor. Sheree, it's it's been such a pleasure today. And as as we wrap up our, our chat, um, are there any new projects on the horizon this year in 2022? Any collaborations you might be able to share with our audience today? I mean, the biggest thing I can tell you right now are weddings are so back in such a big <laughs> way. I mean, I just, it is just exploded. I mean, you know, obviously we are, having um, still some of the residuals of COVID weddings are still being um, rescheduled. Um, But um, love is in the air and the planning is happening. We've got, you know, every weekend is there's is a fun, amazing wedding that we get to be a part of. And we're always thinking about our collaborations. We have an amazing collaboration right now with the um, the company Somersault. Um, they started out as a direct-to-consumer um, swimwear line, but now they have uh, ready-to-wear and um, loungewear, athleisure wear. And so we just did a fun collaboration with them um, on um, some Christmas PJs. But um, but for 2022, we're just always thinking about like-minded brands, love other women-owned businesses, you know, really making sure it's the right fit um, that uh, will be fun for us to, you know, collaborate on. In addition to the weddings coming back, are, are you starting to see the nonprofit segment of your business returning as well as people start to feel more comfortable getting out and about? Yes, slowly but surely. That 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 has definitely been um, an industry that's been hard to come back. I mean, um, from as as you would imagine, just much larger um, uh, audience. You know, at a wedding, you can average as 800 people, as maybe 100 people, 120 um, nonprofits. It's a much larger audience, and so they have to be much more mindful. But it is ha- it is happening. Um, I don't think the virtual events are 
here to stay really long term. I think there's been some some good things out of understanding like, you know, do committee meetings and board meetings, some of that can, stuff can maybe remain virtual, but in terms of those connections and in-person connections, I definitely think 2022 will be the year that um, that they're that they're back in a big way, hopefully. To, to, sure. to actually tonight, since today happens to be Giving Tuesday, um, which is when we're taping this, is UNICEF's 75th um, anniversary. And so awesome. um, we executed all of their visual identity for their um, event tonight that is virtual around the world. And they also have 10 host cities. So they're actually able to pull off 10 in-person events tonight, um, all sold out, huge, um, huge audience for it. So if UNICEF's doing it, that's a good sign that sure. we all can be doing it soon. Well, that's fantastic. That, that sounds like a, a wonderful project. Um, yeah. It makes me so happy to hear that events are in person are back. It sounds like because of people like you, Cherie, with the paper connection that, that we are returning back, which is great news. We are. I'm here to tell you. You heard it, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Cherie, thank you again. It's been so fun. Um, and we're really grateful for your time today. Thank you guys so much. It's been great. Thank you, Cherie. Such a pleasure. Thanks. Continued success. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Marta. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for joining us for this month's edition of Pulp Nonfiction, the paper and packaging podcast. We look forward to seeing you next month. But in the meantime, if you would like more information, please be sure to visit sustanafiber.com. And don't forget to subscribe and please give us a good rating and a good review. We want to keep bringing this to you and that is the best way that you can help us. 